listening to The Rick Z Show. I'm your host, Rick Z, and we have another exciting episode for you today. We have a very talented woman, local woman, Maggie Rothwell. Maggie, welcome to The Rick Z Show. Thank you very much, Rick. Glad to be here. It's great to have you here. You're a woman of many hats. You're a teacher. You're a songwriter. You're a host for an open mic night and many other things. We'll get to all of that, but let's just start with songs. You've got a lot of songs, uh, both original and covers. I just want to talk to you about the covers for a second because I'm really fascinated about this. I've come out and seen seen you play many times. You do new stuff. You do stuff from 10 years ago. You do stuff from the 90s and the 80s and the 70s and all the way back to Frank Sinatra and every kind of music imaginable. How many cover songs do you know? I stopped counting after 700. <laughs> wow. That's a lot of songs. So, so I have probably, probably around 800 or so. I, I honestly, I stopped counting. I mean, how many could you play right now? About 800 or so. So you have all of those memorized. Oh, no, no, no. I have a huge case of music. I have all handwritten arrangements. That is how I roll. Mm-hmm. I, no, I have almost nothing memorized. <laughs> <laughs> even even the music that I've written myself at this point, there's just too much. But I like to be as flexible as possible. I work in a lot of different areas, and I like to try to have as wide a range to please as many people as possible. How many original songs have you written? I have uh, 30-something, probably, originals at this point. Mm-hmm. How many that you really like that you say, you know, I, I need to have this on an album or something? Probably about 28, <laughs> 29. <laughs> Sounds like two, I, two great albums. So, yeah. yeah. I, anything that I don't feel would be worth performing, it doesn't make it to my repertoire. Have you done any recording in the studio, or do you have any demos or anything like that? You've I recorded? just have I have homemade demos that I've done. I haven't mm-hmm. gotten into a studio, mostly because of the expense of being in a, in a studio. At some point, I'm hoping possibly to do some sort of live recording, see how that goes. At this point, much more known for my covers than the originals, but the originals are very near and dear to my heart. You know, I came out and saw you play one time. I think it was at Smoky Rock Barbecue right here in Rhinebeck, a place I played many times. Mm -hmm. And it was like winter or something, and it was outside. (laughs) Yes. Now, I've heard you play many, many times. I've never heard a bad note come out of your mouth. Your pitch is just impeccable, I'll have to say that. Here you were playing, and, you know... 30 degrees, 40 degrees. I mean, that that's... It was cold. It was probably colder <laughs> than that. I was freezing sitting there, yeah. but I was amazed that you didn't lose pitch. And more importantly, your fingers could move and play these parts on the guitar. My fingers are the first things that freeze on my body when mm-hmm. it's cold. If I'm mm-hmm. playing outside, I'm, I'm like, my fingers are numb. I'm fumbling mm-hmm. all over the place. That didn't happen to you. How come? Vocally, thankfully, I've never had to worry about that too much. It's just mm-hmm. kind of naturally there. But yeah, the, uh, playing the guitar in like 30 degrees mm-hmm. w- was challenging. But as long as you just keep moving. <laughs> you you never let moving. it show. You're so, a real pro. You it never... was fun. Uh, all Thank your you. shows have something to offer. You know, I'm fascinated with songwriters in particular because they're all different. You know, Billy Joel writes songs that start as abstract shapes and colors in his mind that he dreams, so he says, and then he turns it into music somehow. That's weird. I can't relate to that. How do you write? Is there a process? Do you write the music first? Do you write the words first? Does an idea come to you and then chords come to you? Do melodies come to you in the night? What happens? <laughs> Most of the time, 
I write the lyrics first. The ideas I ruminate on for a very long time and then it usually just tumbles out. Because of my training, I went to Crane School of Music, have a bachelor's in music education. My training was very different than the type of songs I write now. My compositions would come back with uh, red all over them from my instructor, uh, telling me all the rules of songwriting that I broke. Because, you know, we were writing symphonies and things like that. So I actually didn't write for a very long time after graduating from college and teaching elementary school music out in Pine Plains. Only started writing probably in the past five years, I think, and that's because a group of musicians wanted a uh, singer-songwriter group that I was going to facilitate. And I thought, well, I better write something if I'm going to be facilitating the singer-songwriter group. That was the first, I'm going to say, modern-day original that I did. I was just hooked after that and didn't worry about the rules too much. The sign of a great artist is that somebody's telling you you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. I notice you brought your guitar with you today. I hope that means that you're willing to grace us with a song. Absolutely. We'd love to hear it. I wrote this song kind of as a reaction to some political feelings that I had. I don't write a ton of political things, but hopefully whatever I write is pretty meaningful. This song is called Stand Up. Seems like everywhere I turn today There's something that just makes me want to say This world is turning in the wrong direction we need to restore our human connection. We can't close our eyes, we must shout out loud. Help our sisters and our brothers to lift this cloud. We are all one, connected by birth, no matter our place on this planet Earth. Stand up for what you know is right. And help us win this fight Stand up for what you know is true Stand up, united me and you We must learn from the past and look toward tomorrow Try to get through the tears, the pain and sorrow Find strength in each other as we hold out our hands to heal our nation and become one land. Stand up for what you know is right. Stand up and help us win this fight. Stand up for what you know is true. Stand up, united me and you. For a day, a month, or for years. We together proudly no fear and when they try to silence our words we'll keep shouting out until we are heard stand up for what you know is right stand up and help us win this fight stand up for what you
That was wonderful, Maggie. Thank your, you, your voice is so crisp and clear and strong. You can hear every word. But what gets me is the sophistication of these songs. I mean, you've got this really cool rhythm. doesn't look easy to play and sing. Obviously, you got to practice those kind of things a lot. The bridge has got great chords. You have a key change at the end. It's, you give the listener a little something Thank around you. every corner. I, I really appreciate that. Well, that's where the Crane School of Music theory <laughs> definitely does help. Your training. Yeah. So you play out a lot. I see your name out there. You're playing in this cafe or that distillery or this place or that. You also host one of my favorite open mic nights of this entire area every Thursday at Taste Buds in Red Hook, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely love it. How did that get started? About seven and a half years ago, I guess. I had only been doing children's music at that point. I had been doing all the local library story times for years and years and years. At that point, my son, Glenn, was senior in high school. And I kind of got the realization that I was going to have to kind of start reclaiming my own life again. I still have my daughter, Tessa, at home. She is graduating high school this year, though. But I, I decided, okay, I'm going to show up at this open mic and just see what it's about. I, I left my guitar in the car. I didn't even bring my guitar in. I just wanted to see what it was like. And I wound up feeling very comfortable there. And so I got my guitar out of the car, and I played a couple songs. And that's actually how this huge repertoire started. I started doing two covers each week. And that was, like I said, over seven years ago. And after the first couple years, the two hosts left the mic to go on to other things. And I was very fortunate to be able to step into that position. So I've been hosting it now for, you know, the past several years. I actually like the hosting part probably better than the performing part because you get to encourage and nurture other musicians and try to make it as warm and inviting and supportive an environment as, as I can. Well, you're a great host. I've come to see the open mic night on occasion. Thank you. Uh, you do a great job. It's very smooth. You usually have 20, 30 people there uh, all playing. <laughs> we have a lot. I have a strange relationship with open mics. I don't normally play them. Initially, I was afraid of them because an open mic night to a musician like me is an opportunity for a club to not have to pay anyone mm -hmm. because their audience and their performers are one and the same. Mm -hmm. So I had a little bit of a beef initially with open mic nights. But here's the thing. I am certainly of the belief that amateur musicians or people that aren't used to playing out or, or don't normally have an audience to play their songs for get to sit there and play a couple of songs for people and get a reaction from an audience. And it means the world to people to be able mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. you, you see that every week, I'm sure, from the, some of the new participants and some of the older ones mm -hmm. that, that are there every week. Mm -hmm. That's the key to open mic nights. And this is the best one in the area I can think of. Thank you, Rick. Most of the open mic nights in this area, all due respect to them, are at bars, it gets loud, there's drinking going on, there are people that are there not to see the, the performers, so a lot of times it's a little rowdy or people mm -hmm. are talking over the performers. At your open mic night, it's all about the performer. You can sit there and listen and hear 20, 30 people or, or however many you usually get, at least 20 it seems we to me. You usually get, yeah, between 15, 20, 20 people and, you know, just very grateful to Dan Budd of Taste Buds Cafe for letting us take over <laughs> uh, yeah. his, his restaurant and 
We have a, a, a wide range of different styles and different levels of musicianship. I hope that everyone goes away feeling good about themselves and about each other and the community. I think they do. And the key is everybody is listening. Playing music, that's what you want. That's what you need. And that's what this open mic night has. So if there's anyone that is listening to this podcast and you're in the area and you feel like playing some songs, go out to this open mic night. Somebody's actually going to be able to sit and listen to you. Thank you, Rick. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful event every Thursday night. And we will be coming up upon our eighth anniversary this September. Wow. Eight years already. Yeah. Now, you're a teacher, Maggie. Let's talk about that for a second. Now, you're still teaching? I left teaching public school when I had my children. And actually, after teaching public school, I actually worked at Mental Health Association in Ulster County, still with children, though, more in a uh, counseling role. And after I had my my kids, um, I've been mostly working in nursing homes, doing music with the elderly, with people who really can't get out to see music. What is lovely is that I still get to teach a couple times a a month at a daycare center. I do music with little children still. So in the course of 24 hours, I can go from doing music with 18-month-olds to 100-year-olds. <laughs> so uh, that also helps having a, a large repertoire as as well. You know, I want to say something about your teaching. You mentioned that you taught out in Pine Plains. Yes. I believe that you took over my sister's old job as music teacher in Pine Plains. I could be wrong about this. You, you are close to being correct. Okay. She actually came after I did. I, I left there in, uh, I believe... 1990 and then there was someone there for a couple years after me and then Deb right Debbie Debbie yep and then Debbie came after that so yeah I think she left there in 2001 or 2002 Mm -hmm. and moved to Albany got Mm -hmm. married and had kids and she's been a music teacher up there all Mm -hmm. this time it's a wonderful district Pine Plains you know I'm kind of feeling like hearing another song excellent got got something else you can play definitely definitely So after teaching, I still am involved in education. I feel very fortunate to be on the Red Hook Board of Education for Red Hook Central School District and care very, very much for our students out there. Uh, This next song I'm going to do is about concerns uh, about some of our students really struggle really nationwide with uh, different anxieties and a lot of social pressures. This song is called The Cost. I heard some news the other day about a local boy. I didn't know his face or family. The news feed said he took his life so unexpectedly at just 15 Was he feeling too stressed out? Did his parents often shout? Was he worried about his skin? Was it too hard to fit in? Was he picked last for the team? Was school only a bad dream? It's way too big. 
cost for being a teen, a teen who is lost. I thought about his family, for them this nightmare's real. song Maggie thank you for playing that thank that's you. a true story I believe you said yes would yeah you, would you like to say something about that yeah that was uh, one of our our local kids I don't know the family but I I knew uh, some of his teachers and some of his friends and we just don't know the burdens that some of our young people carry with them and we want them to always know that we're here for them and that there is always someone who will listen and who will help for me, it's much easier to write a song that has meaning like that than just some... I, I, I have not been able to write a piece of fluff. That's actually a goal of mine, to write a song that just doesn't have this deep meaning. And I've, I've gotten better at it because, you, you know, you, you don't want every song to be so heavy. But that's, those are the things I think about, is how to, how to reach people, how to help people. My my daughter says I should make an album called Songs to Cry By, which not every song that I write is like that, but a lot of a lot of them are. It's it's just how I see the world. Reporting the teen ills of American life in schools 
songwriters are reporters mm, in some yes. fashion, reporting on what they see around them, yes. whether it's tragic or happy or whatever. It is a challenge to try to write different types of songs, write a happy song one day, write, right. write a sad song, write a silly song, write this, write that. This one in particular, really beautiful song. Again, a lot of sophistication to the Thank playing. You. Thank you. I mean, you're like a musical sociologist. Yeah. Where, where did that style come from, for lack of a better phrase? I like that. I like that. I'm a, I've been called a, a human jukebox before, but, but I've heard that. But, but never, never a musical sociologist. I like that. Again, I've written some songs just about my family. I've written songs for my husband of uh, gee, almost thirty-four years. But I try to take the personal and expand it so that everyone can relate to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes you don't know where where all the songs come from, but they're they're in there. Again, I say I ruminate, I, I think about what I want to write about a lot before it actually will come out. I love having a lot of music on this show, and I'd love it if you would just can you sociologize us again yes, with something? Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> would love to. So, what are we going to hear, Maggie? This next song was inspired by a lot of the work that I do in nursing homes. I work with. Wonderful, wonderful residents. Some are quite young. Every Wednesday, I'm at a nursing home with residents that have something called Huntington's disease. Our youngest resident, I believe, is 24 years old. Many of them are in their 30s and 40s, and they are the most positive people on the planet, despite really challenging circumstances. I also have the great fortune of being able to bring music to a number of residents living with Alzheimer's disease. And this song was inspired by that. I also have a number of friends who have parents who are struggling with Alzheimer's and they are part of this inspiration for this song too. This is called The Light That I Call Home. Can you see me, Mama? Do you recognize my face? Look into my eyes. I'm your daughter. Can you hear me, Mama? Listen to my voice. I'll sing our favorite song so you remember.
You have such a nice vibrato in your voice, Maggie. Thank you. So pleasant to listen to. Thank you. You know, back to what you were saying about nursing homes for a second, the nursing home circuit per se. I've played a lot of nursing homes over the years. I think the one up in Hudson, one in Kingston, here in mm-hmm. Rhinebeck, Poughkeepsie. Shamefully, I, I haven't done it in a long time. But one thing that really strikes me about doing something like that is you get to see how excited people get over having someone come and play yes. music for yes. them. Yeah. I take it for granted because I do this every day, but there are people that don't get to hear live music hardly ever. Yes. And somebody comes to play for them and it means the world. I saw a great documentary. I don't know if you've seen it. I believe it's on Netflix. It's called Alive, Alive Inside. Inside. I love it. For our listeners who may not it. know it, it's a pretty extraordinary documentary about the power of music, particularly on people with dementia and Alzheimer's and things like that, and how animated these people, some of which are catatonic, it's almost like they're coming out of a coma or something, and it's the music that brings them back to those early memories of listening to music when they were young. Music is such a powerful healing tool, it's probably better than any medication that's out there. It's tremendous, and I feel so fortunate. I get to see it literally every day. I've had residents tell me, when you sing, I remember. That's a tremendous gift. When I hear you sing, I remember to practice. (laughs) That's, That's what happens to me. I love to practice. If I could just stay home and practice all day, I'd be very happy. Wouldn't that be great? I love to practice. Well... Uh, maybe you could practice a little bit more for us by <laughs> playing another song. I, I would just love to hear something else. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So this song is kind of my comment on social media and what it has done mm. to society. It's called Hashtag Life. Great. How many likes? How many What do the comments say to you? How many shares? How many friends? When will distractions ever end? How many tweets? How many follows? You're losing yourself with every selfie you take. What's in the news feed? Check out what's trending. You don't even see how much time you're spending. Your hashtag self and your hashtag soul always be in the link. 
LinkedIn is not the goal. No need for streaming, no need to swipe right. Live in the real world, no Insta hype. It dismantles families, it steals your sleep. Snapchat and don't say anything update fool you don't lose your hashtag self and your hashtag soul always being online you're losing control so power down see what is true get back to who we all once knew life is too short Seems like a timely topic. <laughs> You're a really good songwriter, Maggie Rothwell. Thank you very much, Rick. Are you doing anything, playing out, any gigs coming up? What could you tell us? I play out a lot. Uh, I play a lot of farmers markets and uh, different community events. You can always find uh, where I'm playing on my Facebook page, known as Music by Maggie. Music by Maggie. That's your Facebook page. That's right. And of course, anyone that's hearing my voice right now can go right to the open mic night at Taste Buds. Every Thursday night. In Red Hook. We're there. It's well worth it. I would advise you to go out and check that out. And I promise I myself will be back. I, I will go not only to watch, but I'll also play. Excellent. I'd Great. love to do that. Wonderful. Uh, this has just been a really, really nice time. I've really enjoyed this, listening to your music and uh, having this conversation about music with you. Thank you so much for, for asking me to do this. Uh, really a pleasure. You know, when putting this show together, you know, I'm always brainstorming for people that I know. If they're good, you know, I mean, I know a lot of musicians that I, I wouldn't necessarily have on the show. They may not have enough experience to do a whole show on them. But you have a lot of things that you do, and uh, you know you're you're one of the people I've wanted to get on this show for Thank a while you, now. Thank so you so much. My pleasure to have you on. And if I had a lighter, I'd hold it up right now <laughs> so that we can get an encore. And maybe, uh, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love it if you could play a song to take us out. Wonderful, wonderful. Again, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And just um, feeling very fortunate to have you as a friend and a fellow musician. This uh, will play you out uh, doing a piece called Hard Working Woman. <laughs> Make the bread department head nurse at your
My name is Rick Z, and you've been listening to The Rick Z Show, every week produced and engineered by Rusty Johnson. Come on back next week and see what we got cooking.